coming to you from Melbourne, Australia. It's the Business Design Podcast. I'm Randy Baker. And I'm just kidding. We're actually sitting in our home offices and we're not really in Melbourne, but I'm Dr. Kent. And the truth is, we did actually go to Melbourne because our guest today is kind of, well, we kind of went to Melbourne. Our guest today is from my hometown of Melbourne, Australia, and currently living in Austin, Texas, which just happens to be where I happen to live as well. So, Although she might currently be in Colorado. That's true. So complicated. It's very, very complicated. And if you guys can, can make it out from the interview, that's, uh, oh, good on you. But Sarah is an amazingly interesting guest. Don't be tricked by the pleasant personality, the the calm demeanor, and all the rest. She's she's a fierce business person. What's neat is she goes there. She goes kind of epic scale. So within 15, 20 minutes, this might just blow your mind. It might change your whole life. It might, um, I don't know, float your boat. So we should stop talking and let you listen to what Sarah has to say right now. Sarah Holly. Nice to see you, Sarah. I have to say, I'd love to lead off with the smartest, cleverest, cutest thing I've ever seen on LinkedIn, which is you changing, what was it, changing your job to um, co-creator at... uh, baby Luca a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I felt inspired Super to clever. kind of, I guess, promote the fact that being a mother and a parent is a job as well. <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> and that's a good place to start. So you've built a lot of stuff alongside that job. So <laughs> so what does it mean for you to kind of work remotely, have a family, be in legit, you know, high-level business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess it means to me that I get to live my life and create my lifestyle the way I want it and still do the things that I love, which is being a CEO and a founder of like big businesses, you know, I'm not here to just run a small company. I'm right now building a multi-billion dollar startup and I'm doing it in the way that I want to do it. You know, and I think we all have the power to do that, but we often, due to societal conditioning and all sorts of other things, you know, don't realize how much power we have to create our life the way we want to create it. And I sense you have a, a like Randy, who is also in Austin, you have also a very southern Texas accent. <laughs> we are both native Texans, I can yeah, tell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from way down under. <laughs> yeah. how, how far down under? How, where, where from? Sydney or I'm Melbourne? from Melbourne. Yeah. What about okay. you? I'm from Melbourne. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> so born and bred in Melbourne. Um, been in the US for about 20 years, 25 years. Mm-hmm. I've been here for six years. So what's your expatriate story? How did you end up uh, stumbling into Texas? Well, I mean, I moved to Colorado first and I moved here because I wanted to move here. So, you know, I started coming to the US, oh, probably like early 20s. And then I started coming more seriously about 12 years ago, skiing every single year. And just my trips got longer and longer and longer. Um, And then 
around 2014 is when I first turned my company's remote so that I could move to the US. And I came over here at the start of 2016, moved to Colorado, and then met my husband who's from Austin. Oh, sorry, not from Austin, but lives in Austin. And now we split time between Austin and Colorado, which is pretty great. We also have a truck camper. So our life, particularly during the pandemic where we haven't been able to travel internationally so much, has been between our Colorado house in the mountains, our little hippie house in Austin and our truck camper where we go traveling around the country. So I'm I'm curious before, super curious, just as a quick question, are you going to Colorado in the winter or Austin in the winter or Austin in the summer? What's the the pattern? (laughs) We do couple of months in the winter in Colorado so that we can ski. And then we do a couple of months in the heat of summer in Colorado because it's a lot more pleasant to be here than Austin. And then kind of the spring and the fall is more the time we spend in Austin. So that is one of the advantages of remote work. But there has to be a story as to grow remotely and what the what the uh, origin story of that is. And I'd love to hear that. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, in 2014, I decided I wanted to turn my financial planning companies remote because I wanted to travel more. That's like one of my highest values is freedom of movement and travel and experience. And at the time, I I realized, well, if I turn my company remote, I don't have to only hire people from Melbourne. I can hire people anywhere in the world. And that was, you know, a transition that we made over about 12-ish months. But as I went on that journey, it was hard for me to find people in other parts of the world. I didn't know how to like find talent. So I started my own global recruitment company. So a recruitment company that could headhunt and source talent from anywhere in the world. And I started that company with three other co-founders. It was called Grow My Team still exists today. And that company essentially was the recruitment business for all four of our businesses. Um, And we had other clients as well. We weren't like massively pushing the growth of that company. It was really mostly to serve us. Over the years, my co-founders all lost interest. They weren't really excited about remote work or excited about the company because it wasn't growing fast enough for them. But I had this kind of thing in the back of my mind, like I couldn't let it go. And so I bought them all out over the years And in 2018, I sold my last financial planning company, spent a few months kind of soul searching and thinking like, what do I want to do next? And decided to step into Grow My Team as the CEO in January of 2019. I really just had this feeling that remote work was the future and that, you know, I just, it was like intuitive. I just couldn't let go of this company. There was something there. There was something I needed to do. About halfway through 2019, we got off a team meeting and the same challenge that I was facing in 2014 was still a challenge for the business was like, we were talking about, well, we have so many clients in the US now, and we have a lot of talent in our kind of um, community in the US and Canada. But what about Latin America? Like, that's perfect for the US time zone. And then we were trying to brainstorm, like, how do we tap the Latin American talent market? Like, what job boards do we have to post on in all these different countries? And I got off the team meeting and just had that idea and that kind of insight that that's what needs to exist in the world, a global job board. And that really didn't exist at that time. So I, I sort of started playing with that idea. And then as I was feeling out that idea, I realized contracts and payroll and, you know, there's a whole other element of 
challenge that comes with having, you know, a team of 10 or 20 that are in 10 or 20 different countries. So I thought, well, we could build a job board, but also with the contracts and the payroll and other kind of management tools and things. So I raised a pre-seed round to build our technology that closed on March 13th of last year, which was the Friday right before we went into lockdown. And, you know, I don't really watch the news or spend a lot of time on social media. So I didn't realize, I didn't really know much about COVID. I, you know, it, ha- it happened pretty quickly anyway, and I definitely was not tapped in. So on that Monday, we went into lockdown and very quickly I was like, oh my goodness, the whole entire world is experiencing remote work. We need to build this thing really, really fast. So I had thought we would build it and over the next five to 10 years, like we would have this great product that, you know, we can kind of organically grow it and eventually more and more people will use it. And obviously it was a whole different ball game once uh, the pandemic kind of really spread across the globe and we realized, well, we're all experiencing remote work and nobody wants to go back to the office. So um, yeah, it's been a really, really fun journey since then. Like I am absolutely in my element right now. I feel like I was born to do this. So either you are extraordinarily smart or extraordinarily fortunate because that timing was amazing. It was. I mean, I think it's a bit of both and I'm very intuitive and spend a lot of time kind of connecting with those Mm -hmm. knowings, those voices. And like I said, there was just something in me that couldn't let go of that business. And on paper, it didn't really make sense. Like it wasn't a super profitable business. It wasn't necessarily growing or anything, but there was just something telling me like, don't let this go, like just keep going with it. And, you know, that those decisions are the things that led me to here. And I think being an entrepreneur and, you know, having success or whatever, and not just entrepreneurship, I mean, life really, it's, it is a combination of luck and preparation. Like opportunities are constantly being presented to us. Um, but if we're not listening and we're not open to them, it's very easy for us to not see them. So I feel very, very fortunate. And I also feel very grateful to my past self for spending 12 years learning about business, buying, selling, founding, merging, acquiring. Like I really had a very rich kind of 10 years, 12 years or so as an entrepreneur before this company. And what I feel right now is like, I totally set myself up to be able to do this. And this is my moonshot. Like this is the big one. So you you raised uh, a seed round in March of last year. One of the things that we have noticed is happening within the investor world is that people or investors, particularly more than they have in the last 30 years, investing in people, not in so much in products. So if they know you, they're interested in investing with you. If they don't know you, it's really difficult. So did you have relationships with investors prior to raising the round or was that something you had to build along the way? Well, my pre-seed round, I essentially raised from my network of family and friends. So there had definitely been people who had said to me, who had known me and followed my business journey. And they had said to me, if you ever want to raise money, let me know. I'd love to invest in you. Um, And I had not really had a company before that needed funds like external capital and, um, you know, had never really been in the situation where that's what what I wanted to do. So I went out to those people and that's how I raised my pre-seed round. So it wasn't like super difficult. It was essentially... And once you start having conversations, one thing leads to another and I ended up closing that round and it wasn't a large round. It was about $350,000. I then raised a seed round, um, which we're closing right now, actually. 
That one was a little more difficult because I was looking for larger check sizes. So I still ended up going out to my network and then it was kind of, they would introduce me to people. So it was kind of one or two steps beyond my network. And we're about to start raising our series A, which is the point where, yeah, I'm now going out to VCs and it's a whole different ball game. So trying to get introductions to the invest the VC funds that I'm interested in partnering with is probably the aim of the game. And it's going to be a different process, I think, where there is an element of getting to know me, the founder. And I think that makes sense, right? Because there's a lot of good ideas out there, but how many people do we see, you know, give an idea a crack for six or 12 months and then give up because it's too hard? And guess what? Business is a lot of hard work and you have to you know, have the tenacity and the resilience to ride the roller coaster and the highs and the lows and not everybody has that and that's okay. But it's not the idea itself that kind of gets you there. It's it's really showing up every day, building a great team, keeping your eye on the vision and just keeping going no matter how hard sometimes it can be. So you have a, a successful podcast. You're what I, I saw you're entering season two and you've got you've got your book that came out very recently you're building the authority platform. So it makes sense. It, it, you know, what you're doing makes a lot of sense because I think a lot of founders don't do that. A lot of, mm-hmm. you know, when they're going out to the seed, it's very easy to give somebody a copy of your book, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, so I applaud you for that. I think that's awesome. Thank so you. curious kind of what the plan is there for Sarah and and how you will kind of build up what we call sort of reputation capital mm-hmm. uh, as you're doing all the rest of this stuff to get the business out there. Yeah, I mean, I've always known due to my past experience, like leveraging my personal brand alongside what I'm doing with my business is important and fruitful. It it works well, you know, and I a combination of luck and hard work back in Australia when I was working in financial planning, I kind of did the same thing. But it like I said, it was a combination of luck and and planning. I was working hard. I was putting myself out there. I founded an organization called the League of Extraordinary Women, which got a lot of um, interest. And I was listed in the Age Melbourne magazine, top 100 most influential citizens for my work in finance. And I got contacted by a publisher, would I like to write a finance book? And so that's an example of like, that just happened to me. Like it was crazy. And I just said, yes, of course. So I kind of did this like write the book, become the face of it. But it was a little bit accidental and a little bit of work. And in a way, it sort of happened similar this time with the book. I The book came out of me at the start of COVID with no real, I thought I might write a little ebook or a lead magnet or something. And I started writing and then more, more, more came. And then I was like, oh, this is probably a little bit too much to just give away for free as a lead magnet. And so later in the year, I thought, oh, maybe I should look at self-publishing or something like that. So I sent it to a company that has a self-publishing arm and a publishing arm and asked them, hey, can we have a meeting about self-publishing? I don't know anything about it. Last time I was published by Wiley and they took care of it all, sent them the manuscript, got on the call and they're like, yeah, we want to publish your book. And I was like, okay, done. (laughs) So I've been like, in terms of writing and books, I've been very lucky But it's interesting because it definitely falls into that strategy of like, it helps position me as an authority. And then I can use that book to, as they say, like a a business card or what have you. So yeah, I mean, I'm 
super passionate about diversity, equality, and remote work gives that to everybody around the world. I'm super passionate about living life on your own terms and creating life how you want it. And so, of course, I want to use my personal platform and my business platform to get that message out, to liberate people that they can live however they want to live. What would you... um so you're in the process, you're building a team, you've got a lot of people on your team already. If you were talking to a young entrepreneur out there and they've got this great idea, how would you suggest that they start building it? How would they, what's the first team member? What's the first thing they should do? Well, the first team member I ever hire is my operations manager. So I always hire someone to work by my side to implement and integrate every vision, every strategy, every idea, everything that I come up with, because my zone of genius is vision, strategy, and leadership. And that's where I should be playing. Mm -hmm. If I'm starting to get into like setting up systems and processes and you know, keep managing people and keeping things on track. Like that is not my area of genius and I'm wasting my talents. So I hire that person who can be the engine room so that I can be the visionary, so that I can continue to stay in my area of genius and connected with the vision and the foresight and seeing where we're going as an organization. If, like I said, if I'm building a process or whatever, I'm not thinking about the future. I'm just like very in the now. And that's not the place where we need to be as entrepreneurs. Like our gift, our genius is being the one looking at the front of the ship of where we're going and like steering us in that direction kind of thing. I thought it was fun to hear your chuckle as Randy's dog barked. So for the listeners, they probably won't hear the dog bark because our audio engineers are so good. And engineers, please keep this in. This is like a little kudos <laughs> to you. But I'd love to hear a little bit about maybe everybody from Melbourne is funny or just the people <laughs> I run into, but uh, you have a sense of humor, as, as they do in Texas, to be honest, right? There's a, there's a good Texas humor. What does humor play? Uh, how does humor play a role in empowering women leaders, building business, being a public personality? Uh, what role does it play for you? Mm, that's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. I think... What comes to me is like to keep everything light where you can. You know, it's very easy to think that this is all so serious and so important and so critical, but like every single thing is just a game. Like we are just here having this ex human experience and it's just a game. Like how can we interact with it? How can we dance with it? How can we have fun with it? Because at the end of the day, like none of it really means anything, you know. I guess it depends on your belief systems and, and how you connect with it. But I feel very like connected with everything around me and I feel very infinite in my energetic being. So, I mean, I'm just here right now as Sarah having this experience. So, let's just have some fun with it and not take it too seriously. Doesn't mean I don't sometimes forget that and be very like in it. But I think humor and lightness and maybe just being able to kind of macro out and look at the situation can just help us not get so stressed out and think that it's all so real and so important. <laughs> yeah, we only have so many heartbeats and gee, it's very sad if we're spending those heartbeats on anger, if we're spending yeah. it on frustration, if we're spending it on not enjoying them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I know that I've from time to time fallen into the trap of, working too much to enjoy them but it's a conscious decision it's a choice we can choose what we want to do we can choose how we want to be humor helps us to keep balanced so I totally love 
I think it's like the, I've always like really lent into the whole, like, don't sweat the small stuff idea. Like it, it baffles me that people would let themselves get so upset about like, I don't know, they lost something or they spilled something or knocked it over or whatever. Like it's just so not worth it. But as I continue through this life, I also apply that to like, don't sweat the big stuff either. Like, why is that anymore? Like, it doesn't really matter. Like at any given moment, you can just sit there and be like, you know what? I exist. I'm here. And that's great. That's beautiful. It doesn't really matter. Like all these things that I think are so terrible or difficult or whatever. But yeah, I mean, we still have our moments. We're here to have a human experience. We're going to feel all these different feelings and that's okay as well. Um, But trying to come back to center and just be like, it's just, it's just a game. So it's a a beautiful spot for us to end. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We we like to keep these interviews pretty short, but we would love to have you kind of pitch the things you're working on. And, you know, maybe there's a, I don't know, an investor on here. Maybe there's somebody who wants to follow you, buy your book, all those things. Where, where can people find you and who are you looking for? Oh, amazing. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, my new book, Conscious Leadership, is available on Amazon. So love it if people want to check that out. And if you can leave a review, that's really amazing for me because that helps a lot. <laughs> Growmotely.com is our remote work platform. So if you're looking for remote work or you're building a remote team, that is absolutely the place to go. And we're here to support and help you along the way. And yeah, I mean, you can find me on all of the social media platforms and LinkedIn and all of those things. And I'm sure we'll include all that in the show notes, but I'm a pretty um, reachable person and I love interacting with my community. I think it's super important and something I enjoy. Terrific. So uh, to all of our listeners, if you want to know more about what Sarah does, go check out her website and connect with her. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, guys. So thank you, Sarah. I really love the way we finished this particular interview with uh, not just a nod, but an actual, this is the way we should try to live, to enjoy life because we only have so many days to enjoy. And while we are human and need and experience human things, our objective should be to enjoy the life we have. I love that... uh you say don't sweat the small stuff it's like okay great cliche we all love it it you know something we use all the time you said oh but also don't sweat the big stuff Mm -hmm. and i i love when a cliche kind of you know comes out you know with its arms up and then it does a little backflip which is kind of what happened there and i i love that that you're able to go to that level i think so many entrepreneurs it's not about failure it's not about failing time and time again no it's not sweating the big stuff. Now, that's that's remarkable. So speaking about not sweating the big stuff, if you go to thoughtpartnergroup.com, there's a little button on the top right-hand side that says free assessment. Click on that. Don't sweat it. Just fill it out. Take you about a minute. We'll take about a minute and send you a response and don't sweat the answers. It's all a game and uh, play away. <laughs> <laughs>